Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The been thinking about McDonald's all day can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Dave Hanrady and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 66 of the No Encore Music Podcast, in which, of course, I welcome my boy Craig Fitzpatrick to the dance. I'm here, as always. And we welcome back almost a year on, I believe it's a full year, in fact, to her No Encore debut. It's everyone's favourite, music journalist extraordinaire, Zara Hederman. Hi! Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good to have you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Thanks for... Asking me back, uh, especially after my first time. Yeah, I know. It's touch and go. First, last, and everything. You've been on a few times. Was it? Yeah, you've been on a few times, right? Yeah. She likes to make you pretend. That she, she, li- she likes to make you think that she hasn't been. So then I'll be like, "Oh yeah, you haven't been on for hours. Come back on." No, and no, no. <laughs> that's not true. Deviousness at play. No, there's not. Um, I really enjoy it. I always love hanging out with you guys. Oh, I'm sad Aww. that Column's not here. Well, but yeah, hey, I think that <laughs> Column is here in the spirit of a box of heroes. Oh. And also the fact I've got a stopwatch going, which is really freaking me out. Like, it's very <laughs> intense. You shouldn't have done it. No. Okay, uh, well, look, we have a pack show. We do. Yeah. On today's show, we have a rake gig reviews. We have a listening guide. We have the new Lord album to talk about. And we have an interview as well. So let's get to it. It's been a really, really busy week for gigs. It kicked off on Monday night when I went to see Horror, or as Cullen would say. Oh, no, 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 They are phenomenal duo and a trio on stage actually with their live drummer okay. uh, we love the album United States of Horror reviewed it very well on the podcast it was a crazy gig it had everything from stage diving to broken glass everywhere 
to the lads lighting a joint on stage and smoking it. Oh, oh my god. Uh, yeah, like Rebels. mosh pits. You name it, man. <laughs> it was uh, came ten days after Dillinger Escape Plan, which felt very fitting because it really felt like the torch had kind of been passed. And yeah, I had or the chance. The blunt even. Oh, very good. Oh. See what I did there. But as, as, <laughs> as chaotic as chaotic as they are on stage, yeah. they are gentlemen off stage. Oh. And I had the chance to talk to them right before their show. And we're going to go to there in a little while. But before we do, there are other gigs this week, a particularly heavyweight one, that Craig, I'm surprised that you stayed home for. My boys, yeah, Radiohead. I still haven't seen them live, so they're not really my boys. <laughs> I just never bother going to see them when they're in town. But everyone else, it seemed to go, go seemed to have, have a religious time. experience. Yeah, it was one like such person having that religious yes. experience, or was it, was Zara Hederman. Well, David and Craig, um, <laughs> this was my second time seeing Radiohead. I saw them in Malahide Castle back in 2008, I guess it would okay. have been. Um, and it's funny, I'm a lot more familiar with their music now than I would have been as a 16-year-old lass. Um, but this gig I was really excited for didn't quite live up to everything that I wanted. <gasps> you didn't get everything that you wanted. What? All everything that. wasn't in its right place? <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very good. So. Uh, what was wrong with it? Um, well, to start, they opened with Daydreaming which I felt was a bit of a weird choice to open a Radiohead gig with because it's like six minutes long. It's very melancholic. It's very slow. There's very... It's just not the one that you want to get totally pumped and excited for. Yeah. And then it followed... It was um, followed by two other songs from A Moon-Shaped Pool. And then, I don't know, it kind of just felt a bit like... Uh, where are the classics? And then Airbag kicked in. Right. And it was... It was quite good there. The set list was predominantly my main strife with the gig. Really? Yeah. Like, obviously, it was going to be very loaded with the new album. Like, there were six songs from that. Uh, obviously, there's no Pablo Honey. Um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, you do Creep? No. No. Well, they don't play that song anymore. Yeah. They kind of do. Well, they they kind of, they've revived it maybe twice, I think, in the yeah, last 20 because, years. Yeah, uh, Tom said recently in an interview that like when he listens to that song it just doesn't sound like him or he just yeah. doesn't see himself in that song anymore um, but I'm surprised like the set list uh, like there was no surprises that was great fake plastic trees um, what else they ended with everything in its right place in fact there's but not one Radiohead special playlist for this episode oh. there is two good lord because yours truly made a, set, a playlist based on the chronology of the setlist from which the you night. just said wasn't that great <laughs> <laughs> so, so check it re- out listener gets to relive it every day um, but no like the, I liked the lights they always have very I liked good the lights. Lights. <laughs> put that on the poster I liked the lights Zara Hederman <laughs> there was another gig yeah. <laughs> there was although I was that Zara has jumped ahead and she's actually spoiled who our listening guide is it is in fact Radiohead yeah. which oh, so later in the show we'll talk little some known cult band so Radiohead, Radiohead we'll be telling you what to listen stay to stay tuned um, no it was, it was was mostly it was an enjoyable gig the lads all sounded great um good lights <laughs> good lights all of the lights um yeah it just, i was slightly underwhelmed okay, okay. Uh, well there was another gig this week as we said uh, bieber fever came to town came to dave came to me <laughs> more specifically justin bieber played in the rds 
outdoor arena. I was more excited that he was in Minute at some restaurants and just like chilling out. He was also in playing. Bushy Park in Tower in Europe shooting hoops the yeah. night before. Oh. With, uh, which it featured people filming him, of course, and one kid just screaming his name over and over again at yeah. him. His full name is if he doesn't know who the fuck he is. I mean, this has been a bit of a saga on the podcast where we're just like poor Justin Bieber. Leave Justin How alone. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I mean, like, I'm quite fascinated by Justin Bieber because, as I said before, I feel like he has open contempt for his own fans and he just needs to take a break. So yeah. this was in full effect at his show, <laughs> uh, the Purpose World Tour. He looked like he just came from a game of five-a-side. He was wearing he shorts. Did. <laughs> he did. A black t-shirt and black shorts. The shorts, yeah, by the way, were like day his yesterday. own merch shorts. Like, like it has like Tor written on the front and Bieber on the kind of the... the, the Shrewd line. businessman that he so is. So he also uh, spent the first three songs pretty much adjusting his shorts. And it, like in a provocative manner, little or bit like slightly. he was, you know, really? in his living room. <laughs> he had his hands in his pockets for at least half of the show. It was in, like because he had like you know a clip-on mic, mm. and I was like, this is amazing. This guy, like, it, it was like I know people get annoyed sometimes when I bring up wrestling, and I like I, I like to use Cole wrestling isn't even here as an analogy, <laughs> but wrestling fans will know what I mean by this. It was like watching a Randy Orton match where he's doing the bare minimum. He's, you know, going to have a good long life. He's not like he's not doing too much. <laughs> he's not putting himself in too much jeopardy, and he's just hitting the marks. That said, I had a lot of fun. I will say, go read Jen Gannon's review in the Irish Times. It's an excellent write-up. I really enjoyed it. Okay. And, yeah, but I mean, like, some people were like, oh, he played a lot of stuff off the new record. But again, the tour is called Purpose. The album's mm-hmm. called Purpose. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Granted. Yeah, you, you seemed kind of swept up in the moment. You were just like, yeah, yeah I just, do you know what? There's something about a big show. I'm just like, what has happened to Dave? I like yeah. pop went shows. fully ironic and just like, I'm going to go to random gigs. And now you're just like fully embracing the monster of... I saw Take big, That in Croke Park in 2011. Yeah, well, and it was fantastic. That, I mean, that's great production. was. I like the production. So at one stage, <laughs> during I'll Show You, which is on that I love, this octagon cage, Conor McGregor so comes out with the like the, the, the base or whatever and yeah. he gets into that. Has a light. fight someone? No. Uh, I, 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 see, I guess he's fighting... Fights his fans. Fighting, yeah, brings one fan yeah, up. He's fighting demons. <laughs> he's the shit he's fighting himself. <laughs> he brought up some kids, some local kids, like dancers for the song Children, appropriate enough, and kind of gave them all a shout out. They all got to say who they were. That was a cool moment. Yeah. Um, I... Gosh. I mean, he is Canadian. He's still polite. Yeah, he's a very polite guy. Yeah. He, uh, but uh, then at one point, right, he got on this drum riser, which went all the way up into the sky or whatever. Like, and he's there playing his drums. And like, Justin Bieber's actually a pretty good drummer. Oh, but that's the thing. That's how he like became noticed because but of he, his like, drums. But he was just doing basic like fills. Like, like he wasn't even trying. And I was like, Jesus Christ! I was, but like, it was I, like a Tommy Lee style. Like, I'm on a weird drum run. No, it was like kind of like a like, like a platform that oh. just kind of went up into the air. Oh, it's, so it didn't go upside down and like no, no, around no, no, your no, 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 no. <laughs> no, like, like Joey Jordison <laughs> on now. Uh, but I enjoyed it by the end. Uh, I think about five beers in I was really having fun I think it was the end of what do you mean that I like I got into it and I shouted out loud I went <laughs> get in here no no I shouted out I love you Justin <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't far away I shouted out that was fucking legit Justin oh and a bunch, a bunch of teenage girls <laughs> turned around and were all kind of like smiled and they're like yeah it was it was, yeah, it was legit oh, oh, a moment. oh was, that's nice oh that's lovely and, uh, Baby was great that song Baby from when he was a when he, when he was did a he young. do the slowed down version which everybody loves it's no like, he didn't he, oh. like, it was beefed up which was great I'd and say the crowd went absolutely bananas the crowd were exactly that. what you think they were by yeah. the way and uh, they were in fucking raptures they loved him I saw mm. everything from people like a uh, couple having a fight to yes. Uh, lots of kids crying. But then did they make up when baby came on? No, 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 no. Oh, she, was, no. she left. Like you know, like oh, uh, love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, saw some people who clearly don't know how to kiss. You know, like it was just Ooh. lots of stuff going on. Uh, but I will say that Big Sean's <laughs> verse in No Pressure, which yeah. he projected Big Sean onto the screen, was great. 
and we got to hear that amazing line oh no round two again we've been fighting more than Ryu and Ken yeah that is very oh, good wow. strong so good so yeah I enjoyed the gig but I will say that you know he totally phoned it in which was intriguing mm. but he kind of got away with it because his fans just worship him and it, I, I had a lot of fun it was good but that, yeah, that's kind of the Bieber you want, the sullen Bieber. You don't mm. want da- all singing, all dancing Bieber. Be the Justin Bieber, yeah, be the sullen Justin Bieber that you want to see in the world. Yes, um, exactly. So as I said at the start of this, though, uh, d- the horror gig was my pick for gig of the week. It was phenomenal. I had so much fun. It was crazy, a crazy sweaty hour in the Workman's Club. As I said, I had the chance to talk to the lads beforehand, and that sounds like this. Oh, I like those pants. Yeah, man. And, and they gum bottoms. Uh, yeah. Where was the good ones? Oh, yeah. Band, yeah, so yeah, gotta, gotta, gotta dress the part. I like those. Uh, yeah, so um, I guess you guys are just back from you were in Norway. Yeah, yeah, we're like, in Bergen. That's, that's a hardcore metal place to go. So, yeah, we played in Oslo last year. Was it? Is that is that the same place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oslo is like the uh, black metal. Black metal. Yeah, 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 yeah. We played there. The motherfuckers was like, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Like hard as fuck. Yeah, that's like you said, like church burnings and like <laughs> face paints. I've heard, like, I've heard about that. Word. Like all bunch of the like, wrestlers. But I guess not. You guys can have like a tag team thing going on as well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on the record. It's one of my favorite of the year. Oh, like, thank you, man. I think it's fucking great. I love it. Um, thank you. Always hitting up my friends to be like, have you heard it yet? Have you heard it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I mean like I'm, I'm curious as to what you wanted to accomplish with that record, like as a debut, because obviously you really stuck before this. But, yeah. Like, what did you set out to do with it, and do you feel like that you that you nailed it? Like. What was the, the end result for you? Just get our, vo- get our voice heard, you know? Everybody has their uh, opinions on 2017, the, the day and age, and, and what's going on. And it was just an introduction to ourselves, as apart from what's going on in the world. But, yeah, main ourselves, stories, what we've been through, yeah, what our friends have been through, how we live our lives, whether we want to go and protest, or we want to go out at night, have a drink and party. Are we chilling, smoking some weed, or we fucking raging at a show, yeah. or are we telling somebody fuck you, <laughs> basically? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, kind of like obviously the state of the world at the moment in America yeah. in particular. I mean, like, is this the perfect timing to release a record like this, or does that kind of get in the way? It, it's it's crazy because we had like the content like before like this happened, but it was a, it was the perfect time to release it because. You know, it's just there's just so much turmoil around the world, but in particular in our country, you know, we were uh, going through this change of, you know, obviously our leader, like we was going through this change. So whenever there's change, whether it's a good person or a bad person, it's still change, and it still affects people in many ways. Um, so yeah, it was the perfect time for the album, you know. And how does it affect you guys personally? Um. <sighs> Personally, it, it's it, it's probably just helped me to be stronger. Like you know, just be more aware, um, uh, just be aware of my platform, and you know my surroundings and what I what I want from this. Like you know where I want to be. Like, you know tomorrow, not even ten years from now because I don't know what ten years from now is like. But like just tomorrow, you know, live for you know. If I could uh, kind of throw one of the lines from the record, one of the questions from the record back at you guys, um, like, do you guys believe in angels, demons, and gods? Do you <laughs> <in> the supernatural? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I used to. 
I, yeah, we used, used to. to. I used to, go, I used to, my parents used to drag me to church <laughs> yeah. when I was young as a kid. But, you know, when you were a kid in church, you're just looking at the time like, when am I going to get the fuck out of here? Yeah. <laughs> so I really didn't really dig too deep into the religion as a child. I was just going because my parents were dragging me and I wanted to get out. I also went to a Catholic school my whole life up until college. I only did a year and a half of college, so my whole life I went to Catholic school and took religion class. Every Friday we would go to church, but just <laughs> like like with my parents, I was just doing it to get a grade and doing it because I was in the fucking Catholic school. I had I had to do it. <laughs> I, took a, I took a more by force. spiritual step when I started listening to Bad Brains, you know, but. There is some evil motherfuckers in this world. Yes. No, some positive people in this world. And there is some weird, some weird shit going on in the universe. Yeah. I, I can say just from reading stuff and, 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 and hearing about stuff or seeing certain news. Yeah. There's some crazy shit in this fucking world. Yeah, we definitely that's believe like a, that's in like the a, world. That's like another K-hole of, yeah. of uh, <laughs> bad omen. Yeah. Was that like a watershed moment for you when you heard Bad Brains? Like, did it kind of just spear you onto the path that you're on now? I mean, like, before that, could you imagine doing what you do today? Nope. Bad Brains is the fucking start of my whole life. I would say <laughs> my, my second life, my adolescence, <laughs> the my, second chapter, the second chapter. You know, when you find yourself, you're like a kid. Oh, listen to this. I dress like this. Well, maybe you know. When I started listening to Bad Brains, I was like. A fucking atomic bomb just exploded in my head, <laughs> and I was like, "I love this. This is what I need to be." How did that go down at home? If you had a strict Catholic upbringing? Oh no, I did. My mom's cool. I did. My mom's and my my parents is Baptist. They was cool about whatever I listened to or, or, or how I dressed. It was just I went to a Catholic school because schools in my neighborhood at the time were too fucking rough. And my mother and father didn't want me to go to public school. So they sent me about 30 minutes across town to go to a Catholic school. Yeah. But for you, it was... Yeah, my mom was, like, hardcore. My, my father wasn't. My father was, like, super chill, like, into music. He played bass. Like, he just had a regular 9 to 5, and he would just come home, play his music, drink his booze, chill, like, vibes. But my mom was super hardcore. She's a seven-day Adventist. And they go to church on Saturdays. You know, so like in school, like growing up as a kid, you know, if you if, if you know, like you go to school Monday through Friday, Saturday mornings is when all the fire cartoons come on, like X Men, Spider Man, all the all the dope shit, Transformers come on Saturday morning. I'm in church, like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to church, I'm missing out on all that shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, like he said, like I would, it, it's the same. I'll be in church just trying to figure out how. Like, when is this shit over? And literally, we would leave the house from, like, 9 in the morning and won't come back to, like, 2 in the afternoon. Like, that's crazy as a kid. Like, you just want to... Like, that's... Your only time to have some fun is Saturday and Sunday from school. And then you back in school, like, all week. Yeah, but... Yeah, my mom was hardcore, so she is not into the way I dress, my hair, <laughs> the music, like, nothing. Like, everything to her. Like, smoking weed, that shit's, like, heroin. That's just like, crack to her. <laughs> Like anything, you know what I mean? Like hard fucking poor. You know what I mean? Like I think I was like 13 or 14 when I decided that I was just like, yo. Like I already knew the church thing was like not my thing. 
But I was just talking to my pops. I was just like, yo, you don't go to church. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's that about? He's like, yo, I believe in God and all that. But, like, I don't need to go to church to, like, you know, to, like, show my faith or blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm down for that. Like, how, how can I, like, get myself out of it? He was like, yo, you should just tell her. Yo, I just remember telling her the morning that she thought I was going to go to church. I just remember waking up. <laughs> and everybody's getting dressed. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. I was like 13 or 14. What? Dead ass. And I was just, I just straight told her, I was just like, yo, I'm not going. Like, I don't want to. Like, I'm not feeling this. She she nearly killed me. Like, she nearly killed me that morning. But because she had to get to church, she was just like, yo, I'm going to take care of you when I get back type shit. <laughs> So she took my sister to church and I stood my ground and I never went back, bro. Jesus. Like I never went back. And 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 crazy enough, I did end up going to church with like my homies like years later. Like like when I was like 18, 19, 20, like years later, you know, like I wanted to revisit, like because my friends are like heavy into like Christianity and like God and stuff. And I'm just like, all right, tight. You know what? I'll give it a second chance. I'll go to a church that's like a non-denominational, like kind of where everybody's free. Like I could walk into a church like this, and I won't be judged. Like where my mom goes to church, if we walked in like this, looking like this, man, <laughs> tattoos looking like this, yo, they'd be like, "Y'all motherfuckers are the devil," like straight up. And I'm just like, "But what is the devil like?" <laughs> I mean, like the kind of questions even that you raised there. Like one of my favorite things on the record is stuff like at the end of Street Power when you have the kind of, in, like, I'm assuming it's inside of a car. Yeah. The conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much of that was planned? Like, did that just happen one time and you happened to be recording? Or? Oh, yeah. We literally was doing some, some other shoot. We was doing a, a shoot and we had an interview, but the, we, we had I a recorded, long drive back. So I recorded on my phone. Sometimes yeah. it's like randomly conversations just be happening. I'm like, oh, shit. Even if it's in an Uber. Like, I'm talking to Uber. Sometimes I'm just like, whoa, this is an interesting conversation. Let me just record this shit. Yeah. And then I'm like, whoa, this would sound kind of cool Like if we used it as a skit. But it was just like, we were just talking shit in the car with a, a friend, and it happened to yeah. happen like that. I think that might make you a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great moment, though. I mean, like, those kind of includes are really cool. And the album feels so structured in terms of being like a kind of beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. And so many albums these days kind of don't really. I think it's something that's yeah. a bit of a lost art, especially obviously with you know, streaming services and playlists. Yeah. And, and also, I think attention spans as well. People just find it hard. But that record just yeah. really locks you in. Because I felt like I was in that car with you. Like, I felt like cool. I'm there. Yeah. And like, I, especially if you've got headphones on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, it's fucking great. Like, it's yeah. so well put together. And also, I'm curious about like the production. Because I know um, Davis Tech was on a few yep. tracks. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you guys have a certain aesthetic. And, mm-hmm. you know, your live shows, I saw you guys a year ago. The festival is amazing. Power. So, the record, though, is really like there's kind of a Trent Reznor kind of thing going on. Like, mm-hmm. like it's just, it's really fast. Like, it's really kind of well put together. Like, yeah. I mean, like, was that always the intention? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a certain garage punk element to you as well. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I can only imagine it was very difficult to, to get to that crossroads. And maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah, for sure. I mean, we were making songs. We make a lot of music. So. Yeah. It was just a matter of like, okay, what songs are gonna like be cohesive and tell the story properly? And even though some some of it as well as it goes together, some of it doesn't even go together, but that's the beauty of it as well, like, you know, as being an artist. Like sometimes painters, you know, they, they set off to paint like a certain thing and then and, and then while they're painting it, something else happens. They're like, Whoa, this would look good. You know what I mean? And that's pretty much how the, the creation happened, especially with Dave. I mean if you listen to TV on the radio and you listen to what he makes with us it's like totally different shit you know but Dave is just like he comes from like a a punk rock background like he comes from like that gritty 
you know, and um, yeah, he just gets it, you know. He's got a good pop sensibility as well. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know how you guys would feel, but like in the, in the review that I wrote, I was like, there's an element of pop music to what you do because yeah. it's very kind of fast, it's very kind of, you know, like tight. Yeah. It's, it's accessible. I mean, yeah, well, well, that was one of the challenges. Remember you asked earlier what was like, what was like the challenge with that? That was one of the challenges because before when we released up, it was kind of just like experimental. They were just like, you know, whatever. But these songs, like for instance, the ones with Dave, they're still hard and aggressive and abrasive, but there's some sort of like catchiness to them, and that's what that's what our challenge was to make an album that, no matter how hard and abrasive it is, you can still like remember some of the choruses and the lyrics, and it's still catchy somehow. Yeah. You know, it's always good when you hear those songs that you can like. As soon as people hear, it, they're like, "Yeah, just, that's that riff. Just yeah, that's that fucking just listen to." <laughs> I want to say like, uh, what's the album recently like? Just about every Pantera song off like the the second album, mm-hmm. it, you can just as soon as you hear the riff, you just you yelling it in your head because you know it. You know? <laughs> uh, at the risk of asking you kind of a cliched question, but I'm sure you've been asked before. I want to ask it because I am genuinely curious. What scares you? Like, I mean, because you're very full on bands. <laughs> what scares me? The theme of death runs through the record. <laughs> you don't seem to be afraid of that. Only thing that scares me is spending years in jail. I want to go to jail. And uh, losing my penis. Yeah. Uh, if dick was ever cut off, I would commit suicide. Yeah. Losing my penis fears me. Getting any sort of, like, disease or any sort of, like, cancerous virus, anything like that, fear, like, you know. But then at the same time, as much as it fears me, it's kind of like a mirror, like, because, you know, we're all going to somehow one day evaporate. So it's kind of beautiful in that sense as well. Is that why you kind of lean into the themes of death so hard on the record? Because it's a case of taking power back? Or? Yeah, because, you know, people are so like, oh, my God, let's not talk about death. That's taboo. That's like, yeah. you know, it's like it's reality. It's like going to happen either way. And uh, you just accept life. You just accept what it is, and you just live. You can't live in fear, you know. Plus, we like the darkness. <laughs> Feel like losing my penis, though. That that's real. Uh, I guess. Lastly, I would ask. Um, I know you guys opened for Dillinger Escape Plan on their oh, film, yeah. UK tour, and you yeah. know, fellow New Jersey yeah. noise crew. They played here a couple of weeks ago. And that was sick. A great chance to see them one last time. I mean, does it feel at all that there's kind of the passing of the torch there? given that they're about to kind of call it a day? I would say, yeah. I would say, yeah, because they like New Jersey fucking OGs, and they've been through a a bunch of band members. I think Ben is the The OG, only one left from the beginning. Um, Greg's been there a while. He's fucking amazing. Yeah. But yeah, they're like right in our backyard, and it's pretty cool that we can open up for them on their last tour ever, because they've been around for what 20 years 20 yeah, plus years yeah they've been around for it's pretty cool and then all those dudes are great great guys yeah and plus they're fucking radical like these fucking yeah. stage like <laughs> dudes watching these dudes every night on that tour was just like it's like fucking mental like I definitely learned some stuff from from watching them play yeah like you know like with a guitar you like you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. Or, you know, I think it's crazy. It's awesome, though. Or just, like, trashing, like, their equipment. You yeah. know. It's got to be expensive to replace them. For sure. But they're yeah. probably getting sponsored by somebody where they can just get it. 
Yeah, like you know what I mean. So, so that's the next move for her. Get sponsored. Then I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get smart. I'm not like we're not gonna smash too much stuff. You know, we're gonna take care of it. But if something happens, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Smashing everything. Horror there. Check them out if you haven't already. They are fantastic and lovely guys. Uh, I feel like we're best friends now. Clearly, yeah. Loving the footwear. Yeah. Uh, Dave, let me just see this. I'm wearing them now. Oh, oh pretty sick. They are it's like very a chessboard kind of, on yeah. your feet. It's kind of Twin Peaks thing going on with the colours. Yeah, man. I like they're it, cool. Yeah. Very yeah. good. So yeah, uh, end of the interview, of course. Passing the torch. Crowbar in my mention of the Dillinger escape. <laughs> of course. Calling I, it a day. Yeah, yeah. Who I, I, I can't let it go even if they can. But who else is calling it a day? Or even coming back? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay-Z. Now that you mention it, uh, Jay-Z retired at least once in the past but he's on his way back he's got a new album coming out uh, 444 mm-hmm. is that what we're going with is that 444 444 okay he's got the hyphen back as well which really annoys me because he, I've been dedicated to being like no 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 he dropped that hyphen I know. he's also gone all caps mm-hmm. but you remember he had like an umlaut for about six months no yeah no. he definitely had an umlaut he had an umlaut over the Y in the 90s and then he moved it to the A for about six months in 2012 <laughs> anyway his wife Beyonce is just giving birth to twins. He's got a new album. Yes. It's all happening. Yes. Congratulations to the Carters. Um, and they apparently have named them Sean and Bay. Which is uh, well. To be fair, having children is a narcissistic act. That's very true. Yeah. You're that's basically creating true. another version of yourself. Yeah. So why not go all, all out? All out. Yeah. Might yeah. as well. Might as well. I suppose so. Um, are we excited? As excited about his kind of upcoming releases? No. No. no we're not at all. Mm. Um, Magna Carter Holy Grail was rubbish. It was rubbish. Look, it's interesting. Like last week, he was um, honored as the first rapper to be put in the the songwriters kind of Hall of Fame thing. This when he went crazy on Twitter. This was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. It was just like he clearly just signed up so he could. Tank loads of people and like halfway through it he was just being like I, I don't know where that tweet went uh, I'm deleting this app in the morning it just doesn't work it was just crazy formatting as he tried to like thank every name possible oh, he wow. thanked Kanye in the second tweet did you notice that small caps <gasps> just yay and after Queen Latifah and just ahead of Drake I'm like Jesus. wow major career but um yeah clearly like a massive icon of rap in the past but yeah, no one really cares Past anymore. Past being the operative word there. And yeah. also yeah. what made me kind of think, I thought like, okay, maybe he might be coming back with something strong. When you hear he's teaming up with yeah. Sprint, I Mobile Network. And Damien Marley. Yeah. Uh. And it, again, it's going to be a title exclusive and you're just thinking, Ugh, he's probably going to have a song about the twins. Yeah. <laughs> I find the whole Sprint thing really uh, put a bad sour taste in my mouth because... I don't know, I just think it's really, like, ironically, it's really cheap, like, for an artist to collaborate with something like a mobile phone company and be like, sign up to Sprint and you'll get six months free from Tidal. Like, how much, like... Yeah, well, he did this with the last record But also, not even for music, for content. So, like, it's just like... I fully agree with Zara. That said, if any mobile providers and or streaming services are listening (laughs) and would like to sponsor No Encore, get in touch. They do premiere content. We do premiere content. <laughs> you know what? We're going to give you double content here because we're doing Lord's album later on. Mm-hmm. But she's also in the news because, uh, as I put it here, she just sounds exhausting, doesn't she? She yeah. does sound a bit But exhausting. also, at the same time, I, like, I'm not a Lord fan in any shape or form, but I, you kind of forget because she's been around for so long that she's older than she is. She's 20. She's 20. Yeah. yeah. So when she says stupid things, like, my friends are like, 
what is it? An having all, an, having an autoimmune disease. Yeah, okay. I so mean, she's had to she's had to apologize um, because she was talking about her friendship with Taylor Swift, which instantly she should have to apologize for. <laughs> yeah. I she's part of the squad. <laughs> she is part she's of the, the squad. She's the goth element of the squad. Yeah, yeah. which is, you know, problematic. Um, <laughs> as was saying having Taylor Swift as friends is like having a friend with an autoimmune disease. Essentially because, you know, when someone has kind of stuff they have to look after in terms of their health, you can't go certain places, I guess, because of Taylor Swift's mm. fame. It's the same thing where you can't kind of do the fun things you'd like to do because your friend has issues. Um, so, yeah, it's like having a friend with very specific allergies. There are certain places you can't go together, certain things you can't do. There are these different sets of considerations within the friendship. It's like having a friend with an autoimmune disease. <laughs> I mean, that's just just say that all the time, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, I read something, was it... Um Oh, I wonder how like her friend Selena Gomez feels Someone like this on because Twitter. she has lupus. Someone like, on Twitter like oh, said, "I wonder how at Selena Gomez yeah. feels about this." Tagging in Selena Gomez <laughs> if, she checks her, if she checks her mentions, uh, she goes, "What an incredibly ignorant analogy to make!" And like tagged in Lord as well, but Lord responded to the tweet and said, "Didn't mention Taylor, but regardless, I fucked up and that was really insensitive. I'm sorry." Now, the original commentator then thanked Lord this is for admitting her misstep, and this to me just sums up moral outrage on Twitter yeah. to a T. It's mm-hmm. I've gone from hating you, and then six seconds later, she goes. Uh, love you for owning this queen of apologies ex queen of apologies queen of apologies (laughs) that sums up everything (laughs) Christ but has she ever even apologized before in her life Oh, so you're saying uh, that like this isn't enough to like like, graduate to queen of apologies immediately like oh it's because Oh no, because she'll never be royal. Oh wow! Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are. no, I'm like, yeah, I agree. It's just for God's sake, people are just looking to but be again, in the right and bump up their own little kind of. Oh look, my if Lord's handing out apologies, I want one for having to listen to melodrama. But again, but we'll get there later like in the episode. Folks. Her fans are probably 15, 16, so of course they're going to say things like. Don't generalize now. Uh, of course, a large chunk of them will say, "Queen of apologies." Yeah, I mean, we're living in and a different. Ex- it's a different world these days. I mean, it's it's less than 10 years ago that Pete Darty was spraying <laughs> an MTV camera with blood from a syringe. He didn't apologize for that. No, he owned And it. no one cared. Too late to apologize. Twitter didn't exist. Um, okay, we have to talk about this. It's another Strokes-related story. It's going to be in this amazing book, <laughs> Meet Me in the Bathroom, which is essentially about uh, New York City rock and roll around the time uh, the Strokes came out. But we talked before about Ryan Adams being essentially a pusher man. <laughs> For Albert Hammond Jr., which he was never, amazing. He never got back to you on Twitter, did he? Ryan no, he did not. Yeah. And that was a kind gesture on your behalf. I asked Zara to tweet at Ryan Adams. I was going through a Ryan To phase. ask him why Fuck the Universe wasn't on Spotify. Oh, and, yeah. It's which is like a, great a Japanese song. only edition of Love as Hell or whatever. It is a terrific musician and had his own issues. Um, another man that had his issues was Pete Doherty. <laughs> and uh, Strokes guitarist Nick Valencia has been talking We're about. Laughing at the link there, not issues. The, by the, first, way, just... <laughs> the first time he met Pete, um, he recalls that he thought the singer was fucking crazy. And he claimed that there were sexual undertones to the encounter. <laughs> now, the best bit about this was that um, this meeting took place um, before kind of Pete was famous and in a really, really loud nightclub. Um, so Nick says, we're in the loudest club in the world. And there was this guy sitting in the corner of the club, surrounded by kind of slutty looking girls. Problematic problematic. Um, he's from the noughties, you know. Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> noughties. And there was this guy, yeah, or there was the, the acoustic... <laughs> It was the acoustic guitar in this super loud club. So Pete Doherty had an acoustic guitar out and was playing songs 
in a massively loud nightclub. This really sounds like a Johnny Burrell thing to me. Like, like you think he would do this? Yeah, very much so. Well, he, but he'd get the music turned down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that would be the difference. <laughs> yeah. Take it down to a low roar, please. He wanted to talk to Trying me, show me songs he had written, telling me he's starting a band. He was with this Italian girl, and the whole thing felt like there were sexual undertones. <laughs> they were obviously together, but there was kind of insinuations of, well, maybe we'll all get together tonight. <laughs> that kind of thing. He wanted to come back to my hotel with me, and I was like, no, man, I'm sorry. I have to go. <laughs> there's, there's another really similar story that's going to be in this book. Oh, really? um, and it was my favourite thing that I've read today. Um, so Jack White talks about how Julian Casablancas um, stayed in his house once, and Jack tells Lizzie Goodman, the author of said book... Julian stayed at my house and slept in my childhood bedroom, even wore my pyjamas, I assume. Not his childhood pyjamas, but like... He came into my room in the middle of the night thinking it was the bathroom, and we laughed. Oh, wow. And that's it. A nice wholesome story for the book. It probably needs a couple of them. So after the heroine and the... Yeah, I did not know where that was going. I'm glad it ended when it did. But um, In in Old Man Shouts at Cloud News, and or kind of can't really shout at the Cloud News, Brian May is back being... Doddery and weird, and I don't even know where to begin with this, Craig. Yeah, I mean, usually, in fairness to him, like he's coming out and giving out about like kind of important issues. Le- what, like, issues- like, like, leave Mika alone, is it? Remember oh, that? Is that a thing? Yeah, he was like, Says leave Captain, him alone. leave Justin Bieber alone. <laughs> Just, Justin Bieber has written or King, at least has some good songs. Mika. <laughs> I'm not defending Mika, okay? No one oh, is. Why was it? Why? Because he was like, the media are being too harsh on this lovely young man with curly hair and he's just trying to like make some noise. I can relate to that. And I was like, oh, imagine having Brian May fight your battles for you. It's embarrassing. Uh, it was probably something to do with like the Freddie Mercury comparisons. Yeah. Well, he's usually saying stop killing badgers and stuff. Which That's is, like, fine. But it's not maybe top of my agenda in terms of like, you know, global affairs. It's still a sentiment we can probably all get behind. But Absolutely. What I found, stop killing badgers. What I found kind of like really first world about this is so yeah. he's talking about how like uh, like when I'm on a plane and he also so self-centered I'm the only person I think around that likes to be on a plane and look out the window as I fall asleep with my thoughts yeah this so, stems that's from absolutely he nonsense. likes to fly first class he yes. basically paid uh, like, like a ticket I think to fly 10, first class is 10,000 pounds why the fuck would you for like, a one way ticket I went to I was uh, I went away recently enough Ryanair cheap flight <laughs> and I was right the by the window <laughs> I was right by the window and I got to see the fl- the cloud. Well, you Brian should be May, tweeting this to Brian. Brian May, May didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. So essentially, yeah, in a blog, Brian has been giving out about the kind of first class seating. Um, he says, yeah, I, I wonder if I'm the only person left in the world who likes to relax in a comfortable seat and dreamily turn my head to the window <laughs> and get lost in the ever-changing wonders of the planet as they drift by. So basically, he's complaining that the space in first class <laughs> is so big that he's too far away from the window to just like slightly turn his head. Like a child with a treat, he said at one point. Yeah. Weird. 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 By the way, weren't Queen big and I mean they were like Led Zeppelin category. He should have his own jet. Surely yeah. there's a Queen jet. Maybe but also, have to surely there's enough elevation in his curly hair oh. to like thrust his head closer to the window. But also, who designs this stuff? Did they lose their mind? He's losing his mind. Yeah. And you know what? I would love to shave that guy's hair. I'd love to shave his head. I'd say he would actually be a lot more attractive. I'd be like, here you fucking go. Grow it back, yeah? That'd take about 10 years. Yeah, I don't know. I well, don't like kinda, Brian May. He tried to stick with... He, like, he was going for that old <laughs> wizard look, but he never really pulled it off. I no, mean, he, Jimmy Page is pretty he'd good. He'd go full it. Alan Moore and get, like, massive rings. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, songs of the week this week will be slightly shorter than usual because we've got so much more else to talk about. Where should we start, guys? Uh, um, Sound of the Summer, maybe? <laughs> okay, let's go for it. This sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it? Oh, 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 oh,
not Daft Punk, although they are involved. Couldn't you guess? This is a new band, a relatively new Australian band, based in Berlin, called Parcels, and the song is called Overnight. And it's just Get Lucky, isn't it? What the hell is that? Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> this is bizarre. How did this like come about? First of all, since when did Daft Punk start like working with like up-and-comers? It, it's, they're usually doing like A-list stuff if they mm. do anything. People have been waiting for them to tour, and they're, no, apparently just meeting people in nightclubs, like new bands, and being like, yeah, grand, we'll just do... A song we did like three years ago. Produced and co-written. <laughs> they just must be really bored. But like, Niall Rogers isn't on this. He must yeah. be pissed. <laughs> that guitar, like, I genuinely thought that, that, that yeah. this was a joke. Like when I heard it, well, I was like... Yeah, it's, it's, it reminds me of... Do you remember that crazy summer of 2013 when Get Lucky was everywhere <laughs> and Linda Martin was on the Saturday <gasps> Night Show oh, and she did a version. Yes. The backing music... Yes, the music. Yeah, in it. yeah. You're, you're, it's like a really watered down. It's like when you go to like when you go to like a sh- uh, like like a shop, like a supermarket, and they have like you know the cheap bought in like cod reggae versions of songs, mm. where it's like I guess it, it's cheaper to have those. Yeah, this didn't do a lot for me. It's not dreadful, but no, I think it's coming, no. coming the week after we reviewed the Phoenix album, though, and seeing what like kind of that kind of you know yeah. French flecked style pop music can be. This is a uh, very lightweight by comparison. Yeah, well, the thing is, yeah, I was I was going to say you're kind of thinking, oh well, they should be working with someone of the caliber of Phoenix, considering they're friends with them. Um, but no, that, like particularly this vocalist just has nothing really, mm. like he has no impact on the song, and it makes you realize how kind of crucial Pharrell was to get lucky. Mm. Like if you take him away, I mean, some nice Noel Rogers work, but it's a bit middle of the road. A loop, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's kind of like this is fine. It's very repetitive. So yeah, like, are we going to hear more parcels? I was just about <laughs> to say it's going to be so easily forgotten. I think this is one parcel. I'm not interested in opening any. Further. Oh, <laughs> return to sender. <laughs> Last week on the show, we talked about Arcade Fire and how they put up a thing on Twitter of them basically taking the piss out of Telly Bingo. I noted at the time that it was kind of a weird, mad Blade Runner style synth line. Turns out it was from their new single. This is Creature Comfort. Some boys hate themselves, spend their lives resenting their fathers. Some girls hate their bodies, stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback. Say, God, make me famous. If you can, just make it famous. Just make it famous. This is no good. I'm not into it. Uh, I especially don't like the way it deals with self-harm and yeah. kind of like serious issues and tries to dress it up in a weird kind of kitschy fun pop way, which can be done and you got to be good at it. And you think that Arcade Fire would be the right band for the job, but I just thought that this was navel-gazing and ever so mildly irresponsible. I mean, would you think they're the right band for that kind of job? No, because I, wouldn't I at think all. they've really struggled to not just reinvent themselves, but even do kind of very minor movements away from what they were kind of initially known for. And yeah, the big problem with this song for me was, you know, some of the synths, the synth work was kind of interesting. Synth's I mean, cool. Jeff, Jeff Barrow was kind of producing this and working on it. You kind of expect him to. Uh, I don't know, pull together something a bit better, but it just co- combined with wins 
vocals and yes the lyrics which are to do with suicide yeah wanting to become instantly famous and such like, weird like wishy-washy was, lyrics but also yeah. quite personal it just felt very uncomfortable with the music yeah, yeah. and uh what's her name regine yeah her vocal Annoying. oh my god yeah. it went through my head like it but she's cookie no it didn't work She's usually her, one of the best things about them, in fairness. Yeah. I mean, she can pull off a damn good vocal, but she yeah, she didn't work here. And, I mean, I saw a lot of people saying that this live is a bit of a stormer, but the actual recorded version is kind of, yeah, it just loses a lot of that impact. And I'm at the point now where I'm not excited about the album. I'm not really excited yeah. about anything they do. I just don't understand this direction they're going in. Yeah, I've lost a lot of interest in them. Uh. This is the track that they played in Wheelands when they showed up there, I believe, yeah. before doing a DJ set. Um, yeah, no, Arcade Fire have very... The bloom is long off the rose for me, and this isn't doing anything to bring me back. Uh, it's fine. It ain't great. The synth starts off quite... Uh, I mean, maybe it isn't even fine. The reason I kind of said like they might be the band for the job is because you trust that they are good musicians, and maybe they have got the ability to tackle something a bit kind of avant-garde and esoteric and also kind of strange in that kind of way but it turns out I guess they don't I think that they've punched themselves out I think this, mm-hmm. th- this is further proof of it I thought the lead single like everything now I thought was really bad yeah. it's a really bad Abbott impression and now this is just like what he is trying to do it sounds almost like Wynn's trying to do a kind of James Murphy LCD sound system thing which is a very tough thing to pull off I think off. he wants to be David Byrne Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I well, James that's Murphy a, wants to be David Byrne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All roads lead yeah. back to Talking Heads. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. And yeah, it's uh, yet again, like kind of, it would have been a reflector B-side maybe and reflector wasn't good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. Okay, let's have another song, which is even worse. <laughs> Welcoming back to the shores of Ireland. It's the Blizzards. <laughs> this is called Show Me the Signs. Now, the best thing about this is that it has a terrible video. No. Oh, my God. And in the terrible video, they take a minute out of the song to yes. do a really annoying <laughs> crap skit that even mm. Will Ferrell would think twice about. And the song itself is just, uh, trust me, I'm a doctor with some 80s synth lines on it. It's yeah. the worst thing I've heard this year. <laughs> no, but like, come on. <laughs> what was that? What was that? are very serious. <laughs> I suppose it, like Brezzy is just becoming ingrained. Oh, you know? oh, oh, right. oh, right. You're doing a Brezzy impression. I actually wasn't. That, that was, was so weird. Are you watching too much Twin Peaks? That freaked me. <laughs> that was that really freaked me out. Like, no, but like, come on. <laughs> what was that? I don't. Well, like, what? <laughs> let's try and get back. To, let's try and get back to the song, which it's is awful, appalling. Yeah. But when yeah. I saw that the video, I'm so sorry, was four minutes and 52 seconds. Ambition, I, lads. I just nearly died. And then I I saw that there was a bit of a skit. There was a storyline to the video. Like, there's a Fair City actor in that video. And just, like, the le- like he did not have to do that. Like, he <laughs> Don't lower yourself, mate. No. You're in Fair City. But it's the most, everything about it. The visual, like, the video so embarrassing listening to it it's atrocious like it's abs- it's it's also very try hard it's like we need a hit yeah 
Let's it, do everything possible for this to be a hit. Do you think that they are pr- in any way proud of that thing? Well, Craig has has personal here. You know? Yeah, Craig and the <laughs> drummer. Let's not forget. You guys are friends. Uh, we kind of made up on Twitter after I slagged them off when I had like two beers in me on a Friday <laughs> night for us watching the Late Late Show alone at home. <laughs> I was just like, oh, they're back and they're still as terrible as everyone remembers. And the drummer, like fresh off the yeah, Late Late Show. Checking his vanity searching himself. Yeah. Found you and was like, uh, "Thanks, man." Or what? What was it? I can't even remember what he said, but I kind of came back with, uh, "Like, listen." I mean, oh, he said, "Are you a journalist or a generalist?" Yes. Did you forget that? I basically said, "Listen, don't waste your time talking to me. I've just wasted my evening watching the blizzards." <laughs> and he was aggressive. like, "Fair enough, mate. Cheers." And I was like, "Yeah, cheers, grand. Oh, we're totally cool." And Brezzy's very nice when I've met him. Uh, this is awful. What struck me is that. When it cuts out for like that weird little bit in the Interlude. middle, yeah, it, it stops. The music stops at a weird point in it where it should be building back to another climax, and it just goes to show how like nothing the song is. Sorry, like the song is superfluous in its own music video. <laughs> speaking of climax, the um the sax solo. Oh yeah, <laughs> at the end. It's just. Yeah, like the synth pop thing they're going for as well is already very out of date, and like they're aiming for that eighty thing that was fashionable a bit for a while. I suppose it's it's, it's still all around us. But it's like two thousand and eight, eighties. They, 80s, they like. hit a kind of weird Euro pop thing instead. It's like mm. Alpha Beat, which is like a decade ago, like Fascination. It's like a yeah. knockoff of that. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like it. No. Abrazi's voice is very, he's it's a very shouty voice with not many mm. like much in the way of texture or dimensions to it to certainly f- on Blizzard songs his solo stuff he actually shows, shows a bit more depth but. to be fair though like he's probably trying to conceal the lyrics that he's shouting by like giving them no like diction or enunciation he's like I don't want people to hear what nonsense I'm actually saying yeah, yeah I found this one mind numbing uh, Father John Missy just tweeted out saying who the fuck is whistling moves like Jagger right now <laughs> that's a tune it is a great I'll go to war song. for that song oh yeah but speaking of war and songs, it's Radiohead with Man of War. Just for the kill. Okay, so before we get to our Radiohead listening guides, they've given us another new song of yeah. sorts. Excellent link, by the way, there, Dave. Thanks, um, man. <laughs> this was another one I was excited about. Um, we still haven't got, haven't got lift as yet. That's, that's the, the one, one tomorrow. Yeah. That's that the is one, the big yeah. one. Um, it's the big one. This, <laughs> this is another kind of semi-legendary one amongst Radiohead f- uh, fans because it was kind of big boots for a long time. Um, it's been played live a lot. They were supposed to, again, it was another song they were supposed to release around the time of the Benz and OK Computer. It didn't quite work. They finally kind of got a, a final version here that they've put out. And like I like it. It's very kind of of that era. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very the Benz and not even like that album. It, like Melodically, it has a lot of tones of the title track. Um, and it's got that thing they used to do really well, which is a kind of white album, John Lennon kind of acoustic-y thing, which is kind of cosmic and like mm. biting enough that it's not just some bland English rock thing and yeah I really like it yeah I really like, I much prefer this to I promise yeah a bit far less repetitive obviously yeah, it's a bit yeah, more, yeah. yeah, yeah there's more, more going to it bones. 
Dave, what do you reckon? It's good, yeah, I like it. And I, I think it's coming along at just the right time um, in terms of them kind of having not so much a renaissance, but they're kind of, you know, in the news for a lot of reasons at the moment. And there seems to be a lot of goodwill about them. A lot of people are talking about Radiohead again. It's obviously the reason why we're doing the listening guide this week. And actually, with that in mind, let's see how it stacks up against classic Radiohead. Here is Just... Okay, so that's one track off Zara Hederman's painstakingly compiled 50 track Spotify playlist, which we will put on the No Encore Twitter account. Follow us at No Encore Show and follow Zara on Twitter as well, and she'll put it up as well. So that's where you can get it. It's on Spotify. Look it up. It's a lot of music. There's a lot to talk about here. <laughs> kind of like with when we did the Bruce Springsteen Listen Guide, it's not so much that I'm a skeptic, it's just more that like I never quite got the whole Radiohead thing. I, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, uh, by that, I mean I like them. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't dislike them at all. Mm-hmm. I just never quite got the whole scope of it. I like what I like. I never quite got the religious... <laughs> I like what I, I like. like what it ha- I'll be on your tombstone. Well, you know what I mean? I mean like, what do you like? <laughs> Look, I grew up in a house where like the Benz and OK Computer were being played constantly and Pablo Honey. I thought they were fantastic records. Particularly yeah. the Benz was my favourite of those three. Okay. I think okay. Kid A is their best record. I love it. And a lot of people kind of bang on about In Rainbows. Was it In Rainbows that when we met Vindy from Overhead the Albatross for the first time as he was pulling our pint... And he had Radiohead on in the Workman's Club. Yeah, no, it was the King of Limbs. It was the King of Limbs. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, what's the new Radiohead album? And we started talking about it. And like, he, who we didn't know at the time, was like, going to have to disagree with there, gents. We felt it was a letdown, yeah. And he's been a friend mm-hmm. of the show ever since, with some kind of variables. But what I would say about Radiohead is, I never quite got the whole religious aspect of it all. And I wish that I did. I really, really do. Guys, can you help me? Yeah, so I suppose the way to tackle this would be to kind of try and find your entry point. Because it's a bit of a waste of time just going like, here's the classics. Like, it's a real drowned in sound message board thing of just like, rank Radiohead's albums from like the best to the worst um, so you you haven't really got the In Rainbows love because I was going to start with In Rainbows yeah I was going to say like if you were going to ask which of, of their albums is my favourite it would be kind of between OK Computer and In Rainbows and yeah re- I remember when In Rainbows came out and that was kind of a time when I my age aligned with like them releasing something that would kind of hit me for the first time mm. as they released it. So I would have been about uh, 15. Um, and I loved it. Like Nude, All I Need, All I Need is still one of my favourite Radiohead songs. Love that. House of Cards, it's great. And I put that down for quite a while because then I guess The King of Limbs came out and I lost interest not like lost interest in them but they just kind of went off my radar for a bit never got into that album um and only about two months ago i kind of picked back into radiohead uh via in rainbows so it's a great it's a great album i think that was kind of like their perfect moment in a sense their perfect bliss if you will (laughs) quote martin mccutcheon or something was that a perfect moment yeah all right um because like they came, it was off the back of Hail to the Thief it was their longest kind of gap between records at mm. that point and Hail to the Thief was like overly long and was trying to pull back in some kind of 90s elements and guitars again after kind of that Kid A thing just saw them like uh, go very electronic and go into a lot of those influences what I think In Rainbows did was it kind of synthesized those ideas that they were having but actually had them also be comfortable with real instruments again. Mm. 
it felt like oh this is actually the proper sounds they've been striving for all this time yeah. they're comfortable in their own skin but they've taken on board all those kind of out there elements that had separated them from other bands and just in general it's like it's a really strong set of songs from start to finish it's just it ebbs and flows the dynamics are amazing and it's a really warm sounding record so I feel like if you get into if you can get into that record you can leap off in any direction yeah. but if it doesn't float your boat maybe you're never going to get Radiohead like I just feel like that is the one that kind of purpose or like really like encapsulates what they've been trying to achieve um, for decades at this point so mm-hmm. that would be my go-to I would have that in terms of like perfect stakes up there with OK Computer but OK mm-hmm. Computer is a bit more chilly isolated it's very turn of the century now when you when you go back to it there's lots of kind of fears about well it's still relevant technology and things like that in isolation but um but it's kind of amazing. Like that album it hasn't, it doesn't sound dated at all. I don't, personally, I don't think it does. And it was such a turning point as well, like culturally, because after it was 97 that came out and after the release of that, they were one of the first bands to launch a website. Um, so it, that kind of as well, like built their like online presence, but then they kind of like pulled back from marketing themselves. Yeah. Um, they read this famous book um, called No Logo, which is all about, I think. Naomi yeah, Klein, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Naomi Klein. Um, so that kind of changed their whole like thinking on like globalization and stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, they had a kind of, you know, collective panic attack when OK Computer was so big and they mm. kind of saw, OK, we're going to go into next U2 territory here. Well, um, I suppose the pressure as well, like yeah. how does any band kind but of I, go from... I that? agree. It did, like in the last 10 years, it's replaced kind of the likes of the Beatles Revolver and, you know, Sgt. Peppers and stuff at the top of all those kind of Q greatest albums of all time. Like it's become mm. in that canon of like classic albums. It's very strange to see that happen for something that was so kind of fresh and exciting. Yeah. Kind of relatively recently um but that's such a great and you dave you like like okay computer right? oh yeah totally i don't know I, I do um i particularly like the benzo i was saying i mean like that i remember that was mm. the one that i kind of just kept playing yeah. in the old ghetto blaster cd player i mean back, that feels like a different band now really doesn't it totally yeah, yeah. Mm. probably honey as well though i mean like like, like like it's you kind of feel like how yeah. did this trajectory occur yeah i mean pablo honey i i don't even think i'd recommend to anyone because no. it's just There's maybe like two or three songs like obviously Creep but like and even Creep but is kind what of I have that really crunch though, man. What, what I've really enjoyed from Pablo Honey recently is Blowout it's such an absolute tune it's the closer on that yeah, album yeah, yeah. and it's really like mellow and like um, it just gets you in such a like a shoulder dancing mood and that's <laughs> shoulder dancing mood but like to have that song and it coming from the same al- or yeah the same like set of songs as Creep it's incredible but also you have to remember that they're what like like 21 or 2 or 3 when like that yeah. album came out yeah um, so it's pretty remarkable. But and no, I guess I guess like if in Rainbows and OK Computer, I see as the kind of the highlights. Uh, from there, it's interesting because when people talk about getting into Radiohead, they often go, "Okay, the likes of Kid A," and there's lots of weird mm. stuff in there. I was listening to Kid A during the week. It's just like it sounds very not safe, but it's just like well. Like, it's a mashup of kind of different genres and ideas, but it's still actually pretty accessible. Yeah. It's, and like, I, it can, you know, that's probably why I like it so much, because yeah. I don't find it bogged down in anything. And I think it's an atmosphere first album, maybe. Very much so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Malakide and Amnesiac has some great stuff on it, which released about nine months after. That one Kid kind a. of doesn't they, really yeah, get talked from, about that often, does it? No, it doesn't. I think it's maybe because a lot of people just regard it as this like album Companion full of leftovers yeah, yeah. from Kid yeah. yeah. but it's it's not like it is very much its own entity. Strong yeah, songs that, like, like the Knives Out, and I would actually recommend if you're kind of thinking, okay, Kid A might be a bit frosty, and Amnesiac, I'm not really sure of that period. It was a really good live EP that came out in 2001 called I Might Be Wrong mm-hmm. and it, it's great to hear like a collection of all those songs together and they're just kind of beefed up and some of the best versions of those songs are on this EP yeah. so I'd actually say that's probably the route in and if yeah. you love that go discover the other two well one thing when I was making this playlist because like I was talking to some people and uh, they were just like, okay, well, you have to make sure that you get like EP songs in there because their EPs that they released over the years have some of their best songs, yeah, like Talk Show Host. Um, Talk Show Host is great. It's incredible. Yeah, great. Um, what else? The Trickster, that's a great song. India Rubber, all great. Um, so yeah, like this playlist is solely the nine albums because I just thought it would be a good compendium of just good what word. has been... <laughs> Thank you. Um, of like what is most kind of churned over from them. Um, and then you can kind of explore the EPs because that's always the fun thing, like with a band when if you are listening to them for the first time, you get what you're given first and then you do the exploring into like the deeper avenues because then you feel like the songs that you find that are really enjoyable, that you've earned them and that you've like, like, they're, they, the rewards are better reaped. Yeah, no, I definitely you know yeah, I mean? agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, kind of yeah, um, worked from like yeah, disc two of In Rainbows. There's some amazing stuff on that. The Airbag mm-hmm. EP is one of my favorite things yeah. they've done as well. They're all just like on Spotify at this point, yeah. so they're not even just like all kind of rarities. Mm. But then you know, aside from that kind of stuff, Hell's Thief is overly long but there's some amazing songs on it and it's actually quite an accessible kind of listen it's it's kind of them you know bringing in some guitars again and a bit more warmth um, but there's yeah there's some crackers on there's that there's a song actually that I had never really been too familiar with um, I think it's on Hail to the Thief hang on one second <laughs> Talking about going through her playlist. Uh, well, the two records we have <laughs> the two records we haven't talked about are, are their two most recent, which kind of maybe says it all. Mm. I mean, the King of Limbs when it came out, as Dave mentioned, we were distinctly underwhelmed. It's a very slight record. Mm. Um, it did nothing for like me. No, like it did nothing. There's some for me. great ideas. Like you can see what they're trying to achieve, but like the kind of the songs aren't really there. The banger for me on King of Limbs, <laughs> which is the one that I was trying to find there, is Little by Little. That oh, song, really? oh okay. yeah, the intro to that song is, every time I heard it today, and as I said, I wasn't, t- like, that album is not a standout in my head at all, so every time that I heard Little by Little today, I was like, yes, it's hmm. on. <laughs> a Moonshade Pool, we talked about it recently, we and did, like, yeah. I, think, I, I think I liked it more than you and Cullum did, which maybe is surprising. Um, again, atmosphere. Like, like, I found myself almost floating away with that one at certain times. Yeah, it, is, it has a dreamy quality to it. You said to me, how many times have you gone back to it, Dave? Yeah. And the mm-hmm. answer is, I really haven't. Yeah. <laughs> like, but again, like there's songs on that, like True Love Waits, which is from 1995 I love or that, but Craig like has that. reasons not to, and they sound valid to me. Well, tr- yeah, there's a version, a live version on that um, EP that yeah. I mentioned, which is just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is kind of the one I always go to. So I just didn't like the treatment of it in this. And they, that, it seems to be like something that they're just going to keep doing, just kind of revisiting old yeah. stuff and kind of not letting go of ideas. Uh, I don't know. Does it, if it was any other band, you'd be saying... Are they running out of ideas? I, d- but I don't think so, no. Talk to okay. me talk to me about like the individuals in this band. Talk to me about Tommy York, Johnny Greenwood, like I mean like kind of as like like 
legacy artists. I mean, are they up there? Yeah, yeah I, think I think so, so. Absolutely. I mean, Tom York's kind of actually that might be a problem with some of the more recent records. He's now doing so much outside of the band, and for example, the Razor LP, that solo thing from him, and a lot of that material stands up with any of Radiohead's like best stuff. Mm. So maybe he's just like spreading himself a bit too thin. But yeah, no, just a terrific songwriter. Johnny yeah. Greenwood, he would say he's more kind of. Uh, composer, composer or yeah. arranger, I think, is actually with the term he kind of likes. He knocks a lot of Tom York's, you know, ideas or fleshes them out and knocks them into shape. Mm. Um, but like on that Man of War track, when you go back to like they get the guitars out, you mm. just remember why he is so outstanding. Yeah. The rest of the band is incredible. I mean, Phil Selway is just like fucking yeah. ridiculous. What I found <laughs> absolutely insane today when I was uh, researching them is so. They are the band that are the most nominated Mercury Award. Uh, yeah. musicians um, so they've been nominated five times Tom notched it up to six with his solo but some of like the albums that they've lost to so we had so OK Computer lost to Ronnie Size <laughs> uh, Amnesiac lost to PJ Harvey that's okay I suppose yeah. go on Hail to the Thief lost to Dizzy Rascal Boy in the Corner Boy in that corner yeah. uh, that's a good record fun little yes, fact very good record also nominated that year in 2003 The Thrills so much, so, for much the the yeah. so much for the series. So much for the Perfect segue, actually, <laughs> folks. Out next week, our revisit episode is 2003, and the thrills oh. is discussed on ah. that episode. I'm going to that one. So that drops uh, Tuesday or Wednesday next week. So then, 2006, Tom lost out to Arctic Monkeys debut, and Rainbows lost out to Elbow, Seldom Seen Kid, and then most recently, a Moonshade Pool to Skepta. Yeah, so they, I, I feel like we haven't convinced Dave. Because no. like, if you've listened to In Rainbows, and that should be just kind of your way of drifting. I but do like, think a lot of the cult around Radiohead, it, it goes back to Kid A, and it goes back to that thing where they're already a very interesting band that were big, and they decided, okay, we're just going somewhere completely differently. And it paid off in terms of, if you look at their chart placings, it's ridiculous. Mm. I didn't realise they'd had that many number ones, even in the yeah. US. Like, OK Computer went to number two in the US. Then Kid A, which at the time was a weird record, went to number one. Yeah. So, like, it actually did the opposite of Everything what they were in its hoping. right place is also used in Vanilla Sky. The oh, yeah. Tom yeah. Cruise, Cameron Crowe yeah. film that I absolutely love, but I know a lot of people hate it and I, I understand their arguments, but I still think it's great. I just think it's great that they're a band that are so musically engaging, but simultaneously evasive. I like that. I do respect that a lot. And like, I really like that they have music that will speak to all feelings that someone will have if someone is feeling bit melancholic stick on no surprises if you're feeling a bit like you, you're gonna walk if you're down w- in the dumps <laughs> <laughs> wistful um, I don't know if you're feeling a bit punchy or like a bit sassy if it was whatever, on your wedding like, day and it was your wedding song what Radiohead song would you play <laughs> oh um, wow maybe on the next LP we'll get that I, anyway. I don't know what would you pick uh, no, I, w- I don't think they have that song, that's what I'm saying. They're not that flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Fake Plastic Trees, isn't that in Clueless in a bit of a romantic fa- spot when uh, Cher realises that she's in love with her stepbrother? I can't remember Clueless that well. Do you? Yeah, yeah. two songs. Uh, I think she might be My right. Iron Lung and Fake Plastic she's Trees right. are I think in she's Clueless. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And talk show host wasn't Romeo and Juliet, of course. Yeah, yeah well, that ended there well. There are a lot of clouds. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, guys. Uh, it's not that I'm not convinced. I'm actually going to dive back into In Rainbows. And I'm actually, all gonna... I need would actually work in it. That's oh, oh, Maybe yeah. if you were just like, if you got a job promotion, what would be your go-to regular song? <laughs> Election No surprises. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, okay, thank you, guys. And I will give it a go, and I'll give the playlist a go, which, once again, we will put out on the No Encore Twitter account. So, I guess, gun to the head, one Radio Hell album that you would pick is... To okay, cherish. computer. Okay. I mean, yeah, it has to be okay, computer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you heard it there. One album, which, I don't know, I mean, like, maybe this album will be essential for some people. For me, it isn't. And I'm going to preface our album review this week in a different kind of way. Because you know what we haven't done in a while? Go on. A top ten! Oh, <gasps> shit! Radio to nowhere with the Not top ten! Not even in the show yes. notes! Oh, yes. oh my, oh my, my word! I am signing. <laughs> I am going into business for myself. High five, Craig! Nice. The top ten songs. <laughs> that was a <laughs> Luckily, it's an audio medium, and nobody saw it except for me. But I have to live with that listener, and it didn't look oh, good. Oh, and Colm's gonna kill us. How much time are we? Spending? I'm not gonna have audio for everything. All right. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna run through it. The top ten songs that make Dave physically uncomfortable. Oh. Can I have some nice game show style music, please? At number 10, D-Ream and Things Can Only Get Better. I should I should qualify at this age. These are songs that I've had a, I've had a bad physical reaction to. Sorry, whether, it's, whether it's having an actual episode when I was a kid when this song was on, and I could hear it in my head after it wasn't on the radio and I started freaking out, or other songs. Oh, hold on. It's just like a kind of Father John Missy thing where you were choking or there was something bad happening no, 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 while no, no, played, no, no, or no, just it, literally the song itself. It drove me to temporary oh, madness, oh. yes. Oh, sorry, I just want to say... It drove Tony Blair to victory in the <laughs> 1997 general election in the UK. The look so yes, that dreadful. Craig and I gave each other when you mentioned that song. Like, what? That's good. Brian Cox. This is part, of the, this is part of the fun yeah. that you, you guys don't know what's coming. But right. Some of these have made me have to like physically leave rooms. Like, okay. like, I'm, like, 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 like it makes my skin crawl. Uh, four non blondes. What's up? Yeah, I hate that song. Pink. So what? Yeah, I don't like that. I song. can't remember. So what? Uh, it's terrible. Right. And at number seven, Tracy Chapman and Fast Car. Yeah. Oh, massively overplayed, but grand. It it, maybe if you hear it like on Grafton Street, that's when I'm <laughs> yeah. like I'm heading in the opposite direction. You know, Justin Bieber uh, was covering it on that tour, and I saw the set list, and I was like, please don't, please don't, please <laughs> don't play it. Oh, I left when I saw him pull out the acoustic guitar. It turns turns out he did "Love Yourself," um, which oh, okay. is a good song. Yeah. In at number six, the Fratellis and Chelsea Dagger. <laughs> in at number five, Razorlight and America. Oh, but that's I was just actually going to reference oh, that song on. earlier. That's too hilarious. I've to genuinely like left HMV before. Where, like, I'm like, I have to go. I have to, I have, I have, I have to get out of here. <laughs> number four of Monsters and Men and Little Talks. It's the hey bit that makes oh, me, it actually makes my skin crawl. Like I actually feel physically ill. Is that? I worked across. Oh, I confused that with the Lumineers. I wo- worked across hey, from yeah. a frozen yogurt shop okay. that played it all the bloody time. Oh yeah, don't listen to a word. Oh, sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, dreadful. At number three, the Academy Award winning "Falling Slowly" by Glenn Hansard and Marquetta Irglova. Oh, which yeah, I can't do. Awful, awful, disgusting garbage fire of a song. At number two, Natasha Bedingfield and these words. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Read some Byron Shelley and Keats. Recited it over a hip hop beat. Fuck you, whoever was involved in that song. And ne- at number one... Now I understand, but go on, yeah. At number one, purely for the purposes of this link and to introduce our album, this song is called The Louvre, and it's by Lord. Broadcast the boom, 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 and make them all dance to it. Boom, 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 boom,
first the whispered bit, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, now, that the was first something that I noticed in my in my notes about this album. Everything that I had a problem with was her vocals. I felt so uncomfortable listening to her voice. Okay, the first time I heard that song, I the very very first yeah. time I heard that song, and she did the bit that you've just heard there. Broadcast the boom, 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 and mm-hmm. make them all dance to it. And then she just has that refrain over and over and over again. And it is, I can feel the back of my ears right now. I feel nauseous. I felt this song gave me fucking vertigo. It gave me a slow burning panic Hello. attack. Hello. <laughs> it gave me a slow burning panic attack. I hate that song so goddamn much. And I don't like this record at all. This no. is melodrama, and this is melodrama, and I don't like it. I like the first record, Pure Heroin. I've been on board with that one, but with this, pretty much every move that she's made has made me feel kind of off. Green Light came out, and I still think it's a trash single. I think it's awful. I think it's terrible. I don't think it works. I agree with Max Martin. I think the moves that were made on it just don't work. Where do we even start with this? I mean, there's been a lot written about melodrama, and mm. some of the stuff that has been written about this album so far has been hysterical. Well, yeah, I did see one review. I'm not sure if it was a review or an interview with her where it was just talking about her process. But yeah, there's been a lot of kind of gushing praise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the Louvre in particular where like that line is singled out as almost a mark of her genius. Mm. Um, like where we'll, we're so great, we'll be Whoa. hung in the Louvre. Like at the back. But still, yeah. And that, yeah, it's so self-satisfied yeah. for me like if it was like a throwaway thing it kind of might work as a joke but then she like names the song that and it's like clearly I've thought of this really clever thing mm. and I'm going to build this kind of like sonically it kind of works in it like there's a volcanic thing going which I quite like but yeah the re- refrain is just might as well be non-existent I don't and it think, is irritating I don't want to hear a record that is more proud of itself than this one ever again in my life and again, as I say, some of the writing about this album is just beyond hyperbole. I'm going to read you out a paragraph now from a review that I read. can't remember who wrote it because I ran a million miles from it. And I never want to click the link again. But here's an excerpt from it. At a listening party in New York City when Lord played Liability, someone in the crowd began sobbing. A friend who was there told me that Lord went directly to the crier and held them while they wept. Was it you, Dave? Held them until they stopped. Has anyone ever done this for you? You did this for me so many nights, I bet you saved my life. I almost never think of you now. The sweet western sky has a way of obliterating my humid memories of the east. You wear my dream of New York and you turn my city into a nightmare. What the fuck are perfect places anyway? We won't have any kids with my eyes, and you're not what you, th- what you thought you were, baby. Neither was I. It has paved the way and opened the floodgates for this kind of horrendous teenage girl diary mm. bullshit. And I well, say, hold on. No, no, no. That's no, a bit no, 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 no. The reason I say that is because... That's what that's for. That's for there. And this is supposed to be an album where it's like an artist and the maturation of an artist. But it basically takes the shackles off and is like, let's not have rules. Let's just be, <laughs> let's let's dance be, with let's be as wildly self-indulgent as possible because Lord's doing it. She's out there for us. And I'm sorry, but like a combination of her vocal delivery uh, when she sings a line like, like like a word like poison, it's like what are you doing? And like like I'm sorry, but like grand- yeah, she's twenty, she's young. We know this. I, well, I don't, don't want to harp too much on the young woman thing because I, I I don't want to be misread here, and I've probably already fucking dug my own grave. But I think that this is really bad. Like, I, I think it's really bad. I like I don't think it's mature. I don't think it's uh, eloquent. I think it's bad. I think it's like unfocused. I think someone should have stepped the fuck in and been like, you know what? This is like a bad episode of like a CW show. You know, like, let's just try and wrestle back the artist that I thought was there four years ago. What happened? Yeah, so uh, picking up on what you just said there, like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Best of luck to us all out there. <laughs> what are you picking up? Uh, well, Might be too hot to handle. <laughs> Ouch. Um, no, like the one word that you said that I, that actually really resonated with me was it's not mature. I feel that like she and I read an interview with her and she was just like, I'm just so self-assured. And I think that people find that really difficult because I'm so young and yet I'm able to be such an artist. And and like she has also said that melodrama the songs the writing was born out of a breakup that she had and again I kind of forgot how old she was I hadn't realized that she was 20 at this stage I thought oh maybe like Laura does about 24 so I read that this album was born from a breakup that she had had with a relationship with some guy and that they went out in 2015 or 16 so I was like okay grand realized then she was 15 when she was in that relationship and i just don't know for 20 to be coming out with a breakup album i just think is a bit rich and she said that like green lights was one of the first songs i think that she wrote and she was inspired because even though she had broken up with her her boyfriend and she felt a cocktail of sadness but she also felt that the green light was her green light to go rogue and go out partying with her friends and that she had refound this immense freedom that was taken away from her when she was 15 like so she went to a Florence and the Machine concert with Jack Antonoff (laughs) Lena Dunham's squeeze and she was just reawakened and such is Greenlight it's just ridiculous there's I don't know who this album speaks for I also want to clarify something just real quick I have no problem with teenage girls expressing themselves I have no problem with there being an album for teenage girls to tap into I don't mean to dismiss that entire sway of the people because of course formative years are massively important and we talked recently about Harry Styles and how Harry Styles was praising young women and how they should be kind of held aloft a lot more than they are and I agree with that and I don't want to fucking overstep the mark in what I'm saying but I do feel that this record misses the mark yeah because like I I'm 25. I was a 15-year-old girl 10 years ago. And if this album had have come out when I was 15, I like I don't think it would have resonated with me then. It's certainly not resonating with me now when I've gone through emotions that she has gone through at 20. You guys are ruining this album for me. Because I think a lot of this record is pure flames. Like, seriously, there's some really good stuff on this. Craig, Genuinely. you're being a liability right now. Now, I'm going to tell you my problems <laughs> with it, first of all, because you've kind of listed them all. The lyrics are like dreadful, like yeah. really that stuff we saw on Pure Heroin, which she, she seemed really insightful, just kind of good commentary there, but it wasn't kind of cringy. Very stuff. strong command and conviction. Mm-hmm. It makes me think because she's she's now kind of like her main, you know, co-writer now is this Jack Antonoff dude. Mm-hmm. Your man Joe Little has been pushed to one side who did a lot of work on Pure Heroin. I think with him seems to have gone that touch because this mm. is very cliched um, and yeah a lot of it is stuff I can't relate to anymore although I will say I mean like as someone that's about to turn 29 I mean a lot of people would say that I I peaked at 19 so I don't feel like there's a huge difference really <laughs> what a reference <laughs> what a callback but yeah my problems with this are okay what I will say is the voice does annoy me yeah. I was thinking do I just because I was thinking of some other New Zealand acts and I'm like is there a thing where they sound really pleasant when they're speaking and then they sound really obnoxious when they're singing is that a thing probably not though are you doing a racism (laughs) I might be doing a racism 
I also thought it might be that thing where, you know, when people have colds and they think they sound a bit like kind of sexy and cooler, yeah. she kind of puts on a cold voice a yeah. bit. A Something we time. can all relate to, though, is that line in that terrible song, Writer in the Dark. Oh, God. Yes. What a she, title. Like. Where, where she talks about kissing a writer in the dark. A gift that we have all given a select few people out there. <laughs> well, this and is we know <laughs> how charged and wonderful such an embrace can be. I thought what you, you were doing in the top ten was because of the These Words reference, because I hate songs that are just like, well, actually, do you know what? I've got power because I'm a writer and I'm mm. like, creating this thing and I'm being meta I don't think her strong suit at all is when she slows thing da- no. things down and gets confessional liability doesn't work for me no. all these things where she's saying Do you know what I'm kind of kooky I'm a bit much for people you're a bit much for me when you're doing that kind of thing but also didn't she say that like this album it's supposed to be really like jubilant and it's like a party and, and no 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 let me get no, to the good stuff no, Sarah no, I'm going to defend this record no <laughs> Like, I had that in mind as well, where she said that this album is to sound like a party where you've... Ju- what, did she actually say where it's, you've taken just the right amount of drugs or something like that? It's a concept album about, like, you It's know, about one night, yeah, but basically. It is the and most, it's like you're just... You've broken up with someone you're and you're trying to have all the emotions time. in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, with that in mind, like, musically or, like, arrangement-wise, it's the most contained thing I've ever heard in my life. What? I don't think there's what, like moments what risks? of okay. No, I'm sorry. No, what, no, there's I'm sorry. no. Okay, like, you think this album takes risks, Craig? Really? I didn't. I didn't say I, risks. Well, I'm wondering because I, mean, like, I, I, I think it is quite molded. I think once they find there a beat, they stick with it throughout the whole song. This. Okay, it really are. All right. them. Green light. I actually have a lot of time for. Don't like the opening lyrics, and I don't like Max Martin's thing of like this was incorrect songwriting. People have latched onto that like, wow, she's really switching the game up. No, it's just a slight uh, kind of key change mm. and switches up the tempo. But it actually works as an opera. From there, sober is a really, really good song. I think it's an exceptionally good. Sober has moments, but those moments sound familiar to me. Homemade Dynamite is great because I think what she's really good at, if she doesn't like emote really well in her vocals, she does a kind of rhythmic percussive thing that is kind of like where a lot of her hooks come from. I really like that stuttery line. I think it's a pretty explosive song. It's good. And where the the record started to make sense to me was when Sober comes back, Sober 2, as essentially the title track, it's melodrama. That's a really gorgeous sounding song. And it actually relates that duality of what she's going through in the night. And it makes a lot of sense. Hard Feelings, Loveless. I mean, the the problem with this record is the best thing on it is like that minute and a half at the end of Hard Feelings. Where it just switches up into like this insane, I don't know. It's an area she should definitely be going into more, but it lasts for like 90 seconds and it's not in a separate track. So I'm not going through the whole thing and just listen to it again. Supercut is like a really standard, like montage song, but done exceptionally well. Exceptionally well? Yes. I used to think exceptionally well. Perfect that would basis. indicate that you've never heard anything like this, which I, or, or it's the gold mm. standard. And I don't think it's either. It's good. But see, as well, like, it's, it's up there it, with... Like, it's laser focus she, she hits, like, the best of... Okay, maybe not quite the best, but certainly in the same league as the likes of Robin and Sia stuff. Like, I think she is hitting those marks. I don't think it's changing the game whatsoever, but I think she puts a proper stamp on the big pop moments of this. Now, I don't like the confessional stuff. I think she has a long way to go in terms of lyrics. But no, I got swept up in this record. Okay, what about, I, like, I like that. What about when um, she's the new Kate Bush? Oh, hang on, no, no. She's just doing a Kate Bush impression. Okay, oh, yeah, I saw that in as well for, like, the dude actually goes oh just Kate Bush it up a bit I'm just like every week we're trying not to compare female artists to Kate Bush and nope. they're literally being told in it's studios a, it's in Rider in the Dark impression. she absolutely sounds because like, when I was listening to the album another thing that I just found put me off it is instead of listening to her and listening to what she's doing and how she's sounding I was listening to it listening with my ear open to hear 
who I could recognize in the songs that she has maybe kind of been influenced by. And there was like things, obviously Kate Bush, there's one song where I think it's Rider in the Dark and she just sounds like she's at karaoke doing Kate Bush. Well, there's Rider moments, in the Dark isn't a good song. It's no, a very bad song. No, but um, like, and it's also a bit like problematic. I think like, so. I'm going to love you till you call the cops. Like, what if Justin Bieber came out with that line? <laughs> I'm sure he has. <laughs> Probably has. <laughs> but then there was also like, I don't know, I could be mad here, but there was like times, there's one song, I, I can't remember the title, but it kind of reminded me of Timbaland when he... A lot of the drums are Timbaland-esque. Very Timbaland-esque. Yeah. Then there's Which like... Is no vo- bad thing. Vo- no, but he like it's been done. <laughs> like he did that like about 10 years ago or so. And it's just like, okay, if you're such yeah, a I mean, like, like, genius, do I'm something with new with the drums. I'm with Craig on as much as I think that Homemade Dynamite and Sober are very good pop songs, but... And Sober too, come on. But they just made me think about, like, you know... <laughs> come on. Come they on, just made me think about other people. They made me think about, like, TLC here and yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, like, you know... Yeah, well, guys, as I'm listening to you, I'm kind of listening to those songs' hooks in my head as well. So that's how good they are. Oh, right? they're irritating. <laughs> guys, really? You're missing out on this no, one. No, I would not return to this album. I'm going to be returning to it. No, I, I would return it. Some 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 people have said some people have said that I'd like to give back this album that's what I was looking for. I think you find everything's in order. The uh, some some people just have a Kate Bush CD inside. <laughs> the best of Kate Bush. Some people have said that okay, it's called melodrama, therefore that writes all wrongs and that is like, hey man, it's meant to be. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't I don't buy it. I, I think I think she tries to show like a kind of distance from like no, she, she tries to show herself as like an old soul that's like I know this is just teenage nonsense and we'll get through it but actually it's really affecting me she said about this I'm trying to make stuff not even content that looks ah, like on, the inside on, yeah, of my brain <laughs> hold on that looks like the inside of my brain so how can you cr- how can criticism touch me as long as I know I'm transcribing my brain faithfully and vividly she sounds like a nightmare to be friends with she sounds like such a brat like well, she yeah, and that is the problem with liability. That's the problem with Rider in the Dark for me. And like those don't work, and they do definitely drag down the album for me. But I'm sorry, when she's trying to do pop stuff, I think it fucking works. She's got a, a lot more kind of maximalist on this than pure heroin. But there's still like loads of space, and there's still like loads of interesting stuff going on underneath. I that like will perfect places as a closer. I'll say that much. Yeah, and works, I do think that the great. record, I do think that the record succeeds in having a narrative. Mm. And I, like like in that regard, it does. It does have the sense of a thread going through it I just don't really want to pick up those threads and granted no. you know by all means you could easily be shouting at your fucking you know whatever you're listening to the podcast on gramophone right now and saying <laughs> you know it ain't for you Dave you know I'm just glad that I grew up in a time of pop where Britney was king well hold on a second this is far better than any Britney Spears except for Toxic whoa. but there was a whoa. whoa yeah it is there was a moment I'm not hey, doing this whole Britney hey, Spears hey, was a genius no no I'm sorry I am not saying she was a genius get with the kids guys yeah? no I am black by no means over here come join me Blackout is a really good Britney record I am by no means saying in a way that like people go on that Craig David or Harry Styles are bloody geniuses I'm not I'm just saying I'm glad that when I was a teenager girl that like i had britney spears to dance to <laughs> no not as a role model as like someone Craig, to like do not to do, sing yeah, along I feel, like, I, feel like, I feel like i feel like i've already gotten us in enough trouble okay christ we are a very progressive show oh my we god are, and we takes all kinds look but it, 
the problem with Lord as well is that she's already being hailed as a genius, and it's like, but that's not her fault. No, I no. Mean, well, it's not as much as she. David Bowie said that listening to her was like listening to Tomorrow. He would literally roll in his grave if but, he heard yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, sometimes Tomorrow is a Monday, but like, it's <laughs> <laughs> very deep. Yeah, you should email. You should You should email. You should email that to Lord. <laughs> I think she'd really appreciate putting those lyrics Just on. Just that one line. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> Tomorrow is a Monday. Oh, I'm sure she'd make a That's why. Bob Geldof he don't like Mondays don't bring don't Bob bring Bob Geldof on the day he gets his doctor from Trinity wow what a yeah. day yeah. and what an album and I'm awarding this album a 4 out of 10 4 this is a <laughs> strong 7.5 for me strong at least it's not 8.8 check it out guys gave it. listener go and me? listen to it you'll really really enjoy it except for the cringe bits <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like this podcast. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. I mean, like, I can imagine Cullen banging his head off a wall. This is our career. Cullen is back next week when we'll be reviewing the Heim album. What could possibly go wrong there? (laughs) (laughs) On that note, guys, thank you so much. Thank you. It's very hot. It's very warm. Uh, No alternative listening this week because you've got a 50 song Radiohead playlist to get through, listeners. So I hope you enjoy that. And I hope you enjoy this. I hope you'll come back next week. Exit Music this week however is brought to us by the return of Sleep Thieves they're back I'm quite fond of this band they always was and I'm glad that they're still around this song is called Is This Ready and I think it is Zara Hedeman Craig Fitzpatrick my name is Dave Hanready I'm after whacking the microphone stand by accident while trying to be cool it didn't work <laughs> much like Laura's there's album there's been no encore there will be no encore and uh, yeah see ya <laughs> <laughs>
HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it hurts. Can Thanks, you, Dad. <laughs> can you still podcast, Dave? Uh, <laughs> you can't really? <laughs> I'm just smashing my knee off the fucking mic stand. Jesus, that was sore. Shame, that. Oh, man, that hurt. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.